Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Wrestling 20 Years Ago podcast. My name is Rory McNamara and I am delighted to tell you that this month we are celebrating our seventh birthday. I have pulled myself away from the jelly and ice cream, just briefly, in order to provide you with some hitherto very rare content that I have hauled out of the archive. Uh, the shows you will be hearing over the next few days were initially recorded as exclusives for our Patreon account over the last two years or so. But, as we don't do those anymore, and enough time has passed on them, we thought now was a great opportunity to bring some of them to the masses. For full information on each programme, be sure to read the accompanying blurb on whatever podcatcher app you use, and of course our standard shows covering all three major promotions in August 2000 will be with you very shortly. Thank you on behalf of all the team for your continued support, and I just know that we're only going to get better and better and better as time goes on. For now though, sit back and enjoy the following bonus content right after the trusty scratch noise. Who will survive? Hello and welcome to a very special WrestleMania Favourite Vibes show. I am joined at this look back at the granddaddy of them all, the spectac- spectacle of the immortals, by Bob. How the devil are we, Bob? Doing great. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys for the next eight hours, just like uh, what WrestleMania has turned into. So folks, sit back and relax. This I got my Red show, Bulls right? with yeah, this is the pre-show for the pre-show for the pre-show of the main show. Ah, now I know. Now I get yeah, it. Yeah, so we're going to be... I know you got. You were just saying like this is going to be a quick one. He's fooling you guys. If you look at the time queue here, it's about eight and a half hours. Uh, we're going every match, every Mania, live watching them right now. So actually, it's going to be about 190 hours of material crammed into eight because we're fast-forwarding at times eight. So be prepared for some fun. Right? Am I am I correct? Is that what we're doing this week? That was next week's show. Ah, oh, God! Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> and we are also joined by Dan. How the devil are we, Dan? I'm good. I'm being quick. Let's move on. <laughs> it's it's not really. We're not really watching everything at triple speed. Okay. So we will start with our favorite manias. So, Bob. What is your fifth favorite WrestleMania? Well, this one is going to be WrestleMania 14 for myself. Uh, I don't know if you want me to give a backstory or reason behind it, but I guess I'll just do that anyway. Yes, yeah, say so if you do have a, a reason for why you why you rate it where you do. Sure, uh, it's my first ever WrestleMania uh, to watch on pay per view, and I was actually tricked into uh, actually getting it because for weeks. I begged my father to uh, allow me to get it, and he was like, no, absolutely not. We saw a guy get shoved in a dumpster off a stage. You're not old enough to be watching this type of stuff. I begged. I pleaded. The night of, about 6.30, he yelled out to me in the backyard saying, hey, Bob, you coming inside or what? And I said, what are you talking about? Mind you, I'm you know, hanging out with my best friend at the time. 
And he said, for your show, your little wrestling show thing. And I had never ran back into the house so quick in my entire life to watch WrestleMania 14, the pinnacle of the Attitude Era, or the beginning of it at least. And uh, it turned out to be, in my t- uh, about to be 10 year old brain, one of the best shows that I ever sat through. And uh, it's one that I can still go to today and uh, just pretend that I'm still that 10 year old kid thinking that there's no way the undertaker is going to beat Kane and uh, the beginning of the Austin era. So that's got a soft spot in my heart to say the uh, least. I was going to say, I think we all have that one mania that, cause I know when we go through, when I go through mine, one of mine is because it was the first one I watched. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's one of those of when you're a kid, there's, there's that special connection. And the thing is mania 14 actually does hold up quite well which helps yeah, yeah. <laughs> unlike if you've listened to last month's show mania 15 really doesn't yeah. <laughs> dan what's your number five my number five is a very very recent one it was only two years ago wrestlemania 33 33 was was that uh, maggots on the f- with the yeah, it's, and... it's, that's not something I choose to remember, really. Um, what I kind of remember is the smash mouth horse battle between Goldberg and Lesnar, the uh, return of the Hardy Boys, the um, proposal between Cena and Nikki. Um, and of course, it's not his proper retirement because obviously there's those matches in that random country that we choose to ignore. But I don't know what you're on about realistically the retirement of the undertaker as a i don't know a, a main event player because you know mm. he's, he's he's now no longer you know featured in major mania spots he's only comes out for you know bits and pieces here and there and you know it, it's one of the most iconic moments of him just slowly disrobing that character and just walking off as mark calloway it's really just powerful stuff and it has been eroded a little bit since, but I still have it in my head that um, that's his retirement in my head, you know. And the, the Ric Flair's retirement ceremony in 2004, uh, 2004, 2008, sorry, everyone still thinks that's Ric Flair's retirement ceremony, even though he wrestled for another two years in TNA. You know, so to me, this was just the, the send-off of WrestleMania's most synonymous wrestler, and that has a special place in my heart. And then you've just got two, in my opinion, great matches at the start of the show with AJ and Shane McMahon. AJ can do no wrong. And a, a satisfying match between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, even though Vince didn't like it. I liked it. I loved it. Um, which kind of paid off one of the best Raw segments ever. So it's not, it's not a WrestleMania I don't think gets a lot of love, but to me it's probably the best modern day wrestlemania since it became the eight and a half hour behemoth that bob's referenced earlier so see my things with this one like i know it sucks the thing that i remember is obviously bray and the shit on the mat sort of video screen things but it was actually so you're going through it it was like yeah the hardys came back on that one yeah there was that you know i didn't like the fact that taker lost but the the pomp and circumstance at the end where he's taking all his gear off and putting it down 
was really awesome. So yeah, that is one of those ones where I think I need to go back and rewatch it because I don't think I've watched it again since it happened and sort of remember how good it was. So my fifth is WrestleMania Play, aka WrestleMania 31. <laughs> um, again, this this is the newest one on my list. Um, it had some real good fun moments. It had the first part where we saw Ronda Rousey when she lobbed uh, trips over when when she, it was her and Rock. We finally saw Sting in a WWF ring. There's the greatest cash in of the Money in the Bank. There is Brian at the time coming back from injury to win the ladder match. It's one of those that everything was good. Yes, it wasn't great. The Sting match was two old guys, lots of run-ins, but it was fun. Taker looked a bit weird coming out sort of half daylight, but it was still a decent match with Bray. Uh, it, it's the best of the modern era manias. So we will run through the selections from one of our fellow co-hosts who isn't here this evening, Mr. Peter Kimber. His fifth place was WrestleMania 24, where Flair retires. His fourth place was WrestleMania 17, Austin Rock. Third, WrestleMania Play. Second, Mania 6, Warrior Hogan. And his favourite is WrestleMania 5, The Mega Powers Explode. <laughs> so let it be said that we have a, a giant array of choices around here and Mania 17 isn't winning by everyone. <laughs> so, Bob, what is your number four? Uh, WrestleMania 7. Uh, that is the first WrestleMania that I was able to rent on tape. So I'd be watching the modern, at the time, modern WrestleManias. That was the first WrestleMania I grabbed on uh, VHS. And I freaking wore that one through uh, multiple times over. To me, it's just, I think it's one of the more underappreciated shows. Uh, obviously, when you kind of look at some of the big matches, the tag match with the Nasty Boys Heart Foundation is pretty solid. Blindfold match is kind of entertaining. Uh, obviously, Warrior Savage and then Hogan Slaughter. But, uh, you know, it's the mania debut of The Undertaker. It's, uh, you know, Earthquake kind of showing off what it'll do later that month or later in the year. And then uh, you can't ever go wrong with a show where Virgil gets a win. Sure, it was a count out, but he still won at WrestleMania. So, uh, without, yeah, I'd say WrestleMania 7 is one that I can put on at any time that's another one sure there's like 15 matches on or whatever 14 matches but uh that's one that i have no problem being able to sit through see i, I do remember this one and yeah it's it's fun it's overlooked for for what it is dan what's your number four wrestlemania goes hollywood 21 you've got mainly the changing of the guard into Rufus Aggression 2 with Batista and John Cena being crowned as the new champions. In one of them, it's a bit of a damp squib of a match, but in my opinion, Batista beating Triple H is always fun. Um, and they're going at it again 
this year. So, you know, all things good things come to an end. Um, but the undercard is so good. I mean, you've got Ray and Eddie, Orton and Taker, where the streak is just coming to the the fore as a as a big um you know storyline point. The very first money in the bank match, which in my opinion is still probably the best one because you've got Shelton Benjamin being amazing. The star power in that match is fantastic. Um, and then, of course, you've got that amazing Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels match, which is, you know, do I need to say more? Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels. It's just those two guys wrestling. That's worth the price of admission alone. And you've got, you know, it it it, it felt like a really big occasion as WrestleMania should do, but it did feel historically significant with the crowning of two you know, guys who were synonymous with the 2000s. Yeah, it it's one of those of, again, it gets overlooked and shouldn't do because it is awesome. Uh, my number four is one of the ones that I think gets overlooked because of all the hype was about one of the main events, which didn't really live up to standings, but that's WrestleMania 19. Um, other than Hogan and Vince having their blood field spew off of just ego, the rest of this card is really good. Um, you've got Brock and Angle, which was great. You've got the last Austin and Rock match. The Taker match on it is not great, but that's okay because we do get Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho. Limp Biscuit singing Crack Addict, which is a wonderfully forgotten Limp Biscuit song. It's one of my is is one of the ones if I'm feeling like I just want to chuck a mania on and want to kill two hours or two and a half hours, I will chuck this one on because it flies by. So Rory's picks for his manias of choice. He has honorable mentions for six, twenty, and twenty-four, but his main picks are WrestleMania three. WrestleMania 8, WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 17, and then WrestleMania 19. Bob, what's your third choice? Uh, I put WrestleMania 21 here. Uh, pretty much what you guys just talked about. Um, Angle Michaels is one of the best matches that you'll see. Uh, Ray Guerrero getting a chance to do their, their thing on the biggest stage was pretty cool. And obviously that money in the bank, uh, we can't discredit Benoit's selling of his arm in that match. And obviously it's the, uh, it's a new era with uh, Cena and Batista, you know, being the top guys for, you know, the next 10 plus years. So, um, and there's not really all that bad wrestling aside from maybe the big show, Akibono stuff, but um, yeah, that's another one that I, over the years uh, have been able to appreciate more than I probably had uh, in the past. Dan, what's uh, your number three? 24, which is also the retirement of another legendary wrestler in Ric Flair. It's, you know, the most iconic line in wrestling. I'm sorry, I love you. Bang. Uh, old yellows put to pasture. Um, you've got a really great main event between Undertaker and Edge with you know, the World Heavyweight title main eventing ahead of the WWE, which is interesting in itself. The Big Show and Floyd Mayweather, um, 
in a, one of the best celebrity wrestler angles ever. They're probably the biggest three, and I just think it it's it feels special because again that Ric Flair moment is just so emotionally powerful and. I can imagine if you were a child of the 80s and you grew up watching Ric Flair in NWA, this this mania might be quite higher up your list, but it's still number three for me, which is which is you know pretty high in fairness. And again, another excellent money in the bank match, but that's kind of the same with all these kind of late 2000s WrestleManias. But yeah, I think it's a really great show just for that one line. Yeah, it is definitely one of the most iconic WrestleMania moments. Sorry, I love you. Bang, superkick. So my third choice is actually WrestleMania 23, which, again, you know, we can't have a perfect show. It does have the twat that's running the White House and the hair versus hair match. But we can overlook that because you get an awesome John Cena versus Shawn Michaels match. The... Undertaker Batista match is awesome. It's the one time that my ECW boys get their WrestleMania moment. You know, RVD, Sabu, Sandman, and Tommy Dreamer all at WrestleMania. Uh, Benoit and MVP is really, really good. And it again has a decent Money in the Bank match, which obviously at this time period of time, the Money in the Bank matches were all really, really awesome. So yeah, it is definitely one of the ones that is, if you can get away from captain orange being involved a decent show so eric's top five is num at five eight at four 17 at three 10 number two is wrestlemania 20 and his number one is wrestlemania 11 <laughs> takes all sorts bob what is your number two uh, number two for me is WrestleMania 20. Uh, this one for me is, I I think it's my second to last WrestleMania that I ever ordered uh, before the network era. Cena's rise beginning, the Christian match with Jericho and the turn by Trish, you know, stuff like that. Rock and Sock connection being there. The uh, crowd atmosphere for Goldberg Lesnar with Austin as the referee. Uh, Guerrero Angle. Uh, Taker Kane rematch, so it's bringing me back to being the ten year old kid from six years prior, whichever it was, and then uh, or eight years prior, and then uh, the main event with Benoit, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels, arguably one of the last times in my teenage years where I was emotionally invested in an angle and a match, considering I was a Benoit guy dating back to his WCW run, where he seemingly could never win a title, so to see him win it live against the number one heel, making him submit in the middle of the ring or close to the ropes. Uh, that's something that I uh, will never forget as a wrestling fan, despite everything that would transpire uh, later on in his life. Dan, what's your number two? WrestleMania 30. How yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, like Bob mentioned, there's nothing like getting emotionally invested in a big storyline in WrestleMania. And yeah, Daniel Bryan is just nothing more needs to be said. That entire two month stretch when I was kind of not really paying attention to much in the wrestling world, but I had watched so much Bryan Danielson 
my teenage years with Ring of Honor on the wrestling channel and seeing him being crowned the the guy with the entire stadium just erupting when when Batista taps is 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 special. It's, I'm never I'm never going to forget it. And that's one of those it's one of those YouTube clips that I was randomly turn on just to make myself a little bit happier in the day, which is good. And of course, the Undertaker streak. Like, I can't tell you how gobsmacked, you know, the world was when that happened. You know, I didn't watch it live, but the first thing I did when I checked on Twitter in the morning, I was, all I see is the Undertaker, you know, being the number one trend and seeing all of the, the gifts and the memes, and you're just stunned. So just for that moment alone, it's it's you know, you've got the shock of Undertaker, but the joy of Daniel Bryan and a great match in there too. Um, and you also got a, a forgotten little gem in Bray Wyatt versus John Cena when Bray Wyatt was actually a legitimately serious threat. Mm. And also, you, I think... When, on you go. I was just saying, uh, I, so close to getting in my top five was WrestleMania 30 because... It was the first one that I watched in a pub live, like with a load of people. And that minute when Taker lost, the pub went silent. Everyone in the in the room just was just like, "What the fuck has just happened?" And just there, there was one guy. Cause we, there was a, obviously with it being wrestling fans, there was a bit of dressing up and stuff. And there was this one guy that came dressed as old school Taker, sort of early nineties. And he just had this look in his eye of like all his hopes and dreams had gone because of this <laughs> one moment. And that's that's the beauty of wrestling, you know. In a football match, a win or a loss, unless it's you know, relegation or promotion or something sort of major like a cup final, doesn't bring grown men to tears. But in a scripted reality a scripted sport, and then you see that and just the emotion that it gave people of our hero has been defeated. You only get that once. So my number two is WrestleMania six. And yes, I know WrestleMania six is pretty awful. Really? It's one of those that has a lot of bad matches in, but the reason it holds up as on this high on the, on this chart is it was my first mania. It was the time that Hogan lost because being English, I, you know, Hogan waving the American flag and giving all the God and prayers and vitamins and, you know, all, all the love America stuff that it was didn't really click with me, but this crazy guy in face paint telling us that he's going to crash an airplane and take out the pilots and, you know, battle to immortality, I'm all in. You've then got Demolition, who I'm really, I like. Again, it's a thing with face paint, clearly, as a youngster. Um, the Million Dollar Man got his ass handed to him. So it's like all my favourite people won, and all the bad guys that I really hated got a hide in. It was just the perfect thing for being a kid. Yes, I've gone back and watched it and only bits of it hold up today. But taking me back to being six and watching it, it will always, always have a very special place for me. So last of our contributions is from Billy. 
Uh, Billy's top five are at five, Mania 10, at four, Mania 8, at three, Mania 19, at two, Mania 24, and number one, WrestleMania 17. And I know, because you've all set, you've both sent yours over, that all three of us have picked the same Mania as our number one. So, Bob. 27, right? Why is WrestleMania 17 the best? Uh, for me, it's just a loaded show for the time. And I think just everything about it for the Limp Bizkit, uh, My Way, uh, song and music video to kind of promote Austin and rock. Anytime I see that, I feel like I need to go watch the entire show again. Um, so many, so many memorable moments on it for me, uh, with Linda standing up the ovation that that got just one simple action kind of really might've been inspired similar to what Ron Wright did in, in Smoky Mountain to a lesser extent. Uh, the TLC match, was phenomenal i believe that was the third one they had done and uh at that by that point they there was no way that they could one-up themselves uh, ever again and then uh i mean really austin and rock i mean it's the rematch of to century for the time one that was probably 60 40 for austin and it was in texas so it just gives you an idea of how over the rock was it's kind of like the modern for like, I was about what, 13, 12 at that time, about to turn 12. So that was probably my version of what uh, Warrior Hogan would have probably been uh, years prior. Uh, of, of course, the unfortunate heel turn by Austin kind of destroyed uh, their momentum for quite a long time. But uh, it's uh, really just a show that I just... I, I guess I just went with soft spots in my heart and things that I just remember as a kid that I just, I was glued to my television for three hours back when WrestleMania was appropriately timed and did not start at four o'clock in the afternoon and lasted till one in the morning. Yes. Well, you got to think UK time that starts at midnight and finishes at four, which is okay. It's last year's WrestleMania started at 10 in the evening and finished it just before six in the morning. That's insane. That is just insane to me. And then I was just like, why Why do I do this to myself? And then I had to get up to take Little Linton to school. So it was like, I didn't go to sleep. I just took Little Linton to school and then went, came home and then went to bed. But yeah, it's, it's not great being a UK wrestling fan at this sort of time of the year because the pay-per-views are just tar too bloody long. So, Dan... You too have gone with 17. Why is it your favourite? Well, my first WrestleMania was 15. So I didn't really have much to, to go on with that one. Your only way is up on that one then. <laughs> yeah. The next one was 16 with the heel retaining the title for the first time ever. And he retired Mick Foley. So fuck that show. <laughs> so then we get to 17 and it is glorious as for a child of 10 years old who is seeing wrestlemania for the first time in the big stadium because at that point wrestlemania's were always kind of in the same arenas so it just felt like the first time this felt like the big show um there's so much variety on that card like 
take out the main events and the big storylines, but you've also got the garbage hardcore stuff with Big Show, Kane, and Raven. The technical ground stuff with Angle and Benoit. TLC, obviously. The right to censor, a forgotten gem of the undercard being completely trounced on that card. Um, and then obviously the, just the big, the big matches are just so much fun in an attitude era brawling style of of wrestling which everyone had become accustomed to for three years jane and vince is is glorious fun even though i don't think it holds up as well as it did back then undertaker versus triple h which we which some people say never happened um is actually a lot of lot of fun and probably badass undertaker's best ever match and Rock Austin is just is just Rock and Austin, isn't it? It's as Bob said that my way promo video is it's impossible to watch that without getting goosebumps. I, I even watched it on the train home this morning um, because I was you know sent over the ballot and I was like, oh, WrestleMania 17. Let's uh, just put this on quickly, and it still just it still gives me chills. Everything about that show is 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 peak wrestling. Not necessarily the best in all the ways. I mean, the heel turn is what it is. But if you want to show someone a WrestleMania with everything that comes with it, I think that's the show for you. Yeah, I can't really add much more than what you've said. Um, the, only, the only match you haven't mentioned, which I do really have a soft spot for, is the Jericho Regal match that opens the show that was all built around the fact that Jericho pissed in Regal's tea. <laughs> Attitude here at its best. Um, yeah, everyone had a fucking stellar night on this show. It was one of those where everything aligned. The gimmick battle royal did exactly what it needed to be. It was the perfect breakup moment between two of the big matches. It worked perfectly. Just everything about this show falls into place and is just is just great you know it is it's easily the easiest three and a bit hours of wrestling that the wf have ever put out to watch you know we've all said it's it's just an easy watch everything is great do yourselves a favor and watch it again because you won't be disappointed so we have now gone from our favorite complete manias and it is now our top five favorite matches from Mania. So we'll mix it up a little bit. And Dan, what's your fifth favorite match? Uh, well, I'm actually going to change the one I sent to you earlier, Chris. That's okay. <gasps> no, it's all right. Uh, what a swerve. <laughs> I know. I was originally going to put Flair versus uh, Michaels at number five, but I thought about it since I made it and... The match I go back and watch more and enjoy more is still Daniel Bryan versus Triple H at WrestleMania 30. For all the reasons I listed off earlier, alongside that monster pro, uh, the monster video package with Daniel Bryan. And yeah, you don't like Flair Michaels is fantastic, but you know the outcome. Going into that match at 30, you don't know the outcome, really, because you always think, oh, Triple H could just, just be Triple H here. And but Brian pulls into an absolute stunner of a match, and it kind of gives a false sense of security about how good Triple H is as a wrestler at that point. And looking back at all the matches he's had since then, it's clear that Daniel Bryan was just Daniel Bryan and just 
got an absolute classic out of him. It's fantastic. Bob, what's your number five? Uh, my match is uh, similar to what Dan just said. With you, just you don't know if it's really going to happen or not. And that was the WrestleMania 20 main event that I had mentioned earlier between Benoit, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. I went, you know, you go into it, you're hoping and praying that Benoit is going to do it and the, put on the cross face a few times on Triple H and he couldn't get it. I think he got pinned almost a couple times going out of it. So you're, uh, you're just dreading it. And then that moment when his hand hits the mat a couple of times, he's bleeding, he's choking himself on his own blood and on the hands. Uh, that is a match that I can go through, go back to for the 24 minutes or however long it was and just enjoy the story and the the biggest moment for Benoit's career as a character and as an in-ring performer and uh, and still enjoy it today. Um, I know maybe other people are not able to do so, but I'm in that category that can. And uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I think it's the best matches are the ones where you you just you're not quite sure if it's going to actually happen. And for me, that was that was for sure the case. See, my number five is very much in the same vein. Where was was it going to happen? Was the the torch going to be passed? And it's Warrior versus Hogan from WrestleMania six. Mm-hmm. As I said when I was talking about WrestleMania six, I wasn't a massive Hogan guy. You know, it, it's never really appealed to me. But Warrior was my guy, and I was like, but Hogan never loses. Hogan always keeps the title. And I was like, Warrior's got the Intercontinental belt. He can't win both belts. But yet, you get the second greatest Ultimate Warrior match out of it. Um, The best Warrior match was him versus Savage, but I don't have the same emotional connection to that as I do with this. Where just Warrior just goes for all of Hogan's stuff. He kicks out of the leg drop. And he gets the belt and you just see him swinging both of those belts around. It's, it's just one of those moments of just as a kid, I fucking absolutely adored it. And it still lives with me till now. So Rory has sent us his, his matches. He's excluded Brett versus Austin because we all know that's his favorite match of all time ever. But his other matches are, Warrior versus Savage at 7. Brian Owen at WrestleMania 10. Brock and Angle at 19. Edge versus Mick Foley at WrestleMania 22. And Triple H, or no, uh, HBK versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. Dan, what is your number four? Been mentioned there by Rory. Uh, Brett versus Owen at WrestleMania 10. I, you may get a you may get the sense from what I've made picks have been so far, but I really do struggle with old school manias and old school matches to get the emotional connection with it. Um, I just don't think it holds up to what I like in wrestling, with the exception of this match. Um, it's such a simple story that everyone can get behind, and it's perfectly wrestled between two people who are just craftsman in the ring um and it's what i love in 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 wrestling matches it's just simple but executed brilliantly and the fact that owen wins is is great in the match sense but then you, when you put it into the context of brett winning the title 
um in the night later on it sets up the entire year's worth of storylines and it's yeah it just it's perfect it's perfectly booked it's perfectly executed it's something i could watch uh, this is like fine wine wrestling where i can't just put it on but when i do put it on i am fooled by every second of it and we will mention it more in a little while <laughs> it does appear higher up in someone else's list dan what's your number four? Oh no done you bob what's your number four yeah yeah it's it's uh it's bob uh, i can go again if you want Oh, yeah, you're so good. Just, just do it again. We'll we'll trick the <laughs> listeners into thinking if they just went backwards again, it'd be great. The I had a, I had to include a train wreck in mine, uh, and a train wreck in the greatest meaning of it. Uh, the TLC match from WrestleMania 17 uh, to do what they did, and having done it two times prior, you would think it's impossible to pull off uh, something creative and more enjoyable than what they did before, but they did for me. Uh, luckily this is the last time they did it, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, I remember just watching it as a kid and just, and just freaking out over anything that Jeff Hardy was doing, the spear, the visual from edge when, when Jeff is just dangling in the air. This is one of the most iconic uh, moments you'll see in Russell in wrestling history, let alone WrestleMania history. And Without question, the TLC matches made all of those guys stars. And when you really put that into the context of it, um, I, I think for me, this is a, a great appreciation for, for what they would go on to do. And, and it's funny that it's, for me, that's so great because I've always been a story-driven guy. Uh, I always appreciate the angles behind things. And this is one where, there's no real story behind it. It's just, these guys have done it twice before. Set them out again. Who cares? I mean, that's just the premise of it. And uh, I'm always a sucker for for some kind of train wreck. So I figured I would include I would include this one over uh, the Allied Powers against the Blue Brothers, which was a close a close option for me here. But uh, <laughs> luckily, I went with this one. See, my number four is also TLC two. Again, it was basically as we, we say it all the time in, in the ECW shows, it's like top that. Um, and this really was all all six of them going top that. Um, and the stuff they did in this one that they hadn't done before, like the giant spear from the ladders, the the four table spot that they do, the giant ladder that Jeff goes through. It was just everything they'd done to a higher level. And then you add in Spike, Rhino, and Lita as well, just, you know, just added to it. And as you were saying, Bob, this this is one of those perfect destruction matches where, you know, chaos rules and has never has never been topped as a, as a TLC match. So Billy's top five matches are... Austin Rock from WrestleMania 17, Macho Man Ric Flair from WrestleMania 8, Bretton Owen from WrestleMania 10, Flair and, and HBK from 24, and Austin Brett at WrestleMania 13. So, Dan, what is your number three? Uh, it is Roman versus Brock at 31. 
Clearly not 34. I mean, who, who would put it at 34? Um, I was, I, I will shamefully admit, I was in full Roman hate mode at this point. So seeing Brock Lesnar, who at this point was a fresh wrestler with the way he does Super City, destroying Roman was so satisfying. He just looked like a badass, but it always had the opportunity that Roman would come through. But again, like the uncertainty of it, thinking, oh, Roman's the guy, so he's going to win eventually, isn't he? But the fact that he just kept getting destroyed by Lesnar was making you doubt yourself. But then, as you've mentioned, Chris, the greatest cash-in of a Money in the Bank contract ever, and the roof would have come off that building when Rollins run down to the ring. It's so satisfying, and it's one of those moments where it's you always had it at the back of your mind it was happen, but when it does happen, you're just so shocked that they're going for it, they're doing this at Mania, and yeah, it's just one of those like this matches. It's very rare that you get a moment pop, but when it does happen, it's so special, and it comes after a brutal match between Roman and Brock. Um, the right result, the perfect match for what these two guys go offer, and it's, yeah, it's so much fun to watch. This is one of those matches I could just put on any time I want, and it would just entertain me for the entire time it's on. Bob, what's your number three? Uh, it's going to be Bret Hart against Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13, for an arguably pretty bad show this was the only bright spot and it's a classic match if any wrestler ever complains that they need to win a match or to become a huge star or anything they need to watch this match because steve austin within 25 minutes uh became the biggest baby face and would go on to obviously make the most money ever uh, everything about this is just it's just great for me as i've grown up i was bret hart all the way until around this time when stone cold came in and I was just like, all right, I can get, he looks pretty badass. I tried to convince my friends that it was my dad on the bus kind of worked a little bit. Um, he was never around if anybody's, I'm just kidding. He, uh, <laughs> so the, but no, this is a, just a great man. The visual of it, the blood just streaming down his face, never wanting to give up. Um, it just gives me goosebumps anytime I watch it. And, uh, I'm all about career defining moments. Um, maybe that's a trend here with my list. And uh, I would have to say this is by far the career defining moment for Stone Cold Steve Austin coming in a loss, which I think is a rare thing to uh, be able to pull off. And also the the biggest double switch right. ever as well. And just, I think this is more the big hype moment for Austin than the King of the Ring is. Yeah. So my number three is also a great match of a shit show. I've gone for WrestleMania 2000s, aka 16s, Y2J versus Benoit versus Angle, triple threat, double two out of three falls match with the Euro Intercontinental and European titles on the line. This was a perfect way to book a match and take belts off someone yet make them not lose. Because 
both the falls for both of the titles come from Benoit pinning Jericho and Jericho pinning Benoit. Angle does not get beat, and it means that he carries on with his story of being undefeated going after this. And this is free of the best technical wrestlers of the period having a wonderfully technical match. There's suplexes, it's hard-hitting. It is definitely one of those forgotten gems. You know, it's only about 15, 20 minutes, so it's not like a long one, but it was really, really fun and a really fucking novel way to get the belts off someone. And I'm surprised they never went with this idea ever again. So we now have Peter's top five. His matches are Warrior Hogan at WrestleMania 6. Bret and Austin at 13, Triple H, Benoit and HBK at 20, Foley and Edge at 22, and Flair, HBK at 24. Dan, what is your number two? Obvious one, Taker, Michaels, 25. Just the match that pretty much defines those two guys as the WrestleMania legends. Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania, Undertaker's streak combined, who's the best? And it gave us the perfect WrestleMania main event, like WWE main event style match. Um, And probably the greatest kick out of a finisher ever with the camera angle, the facial reactions, the commentary. It's just, it's just stunning. It's a brilliant match. Yeah, um, I'll jump in here because it's my number two as well. Um, it is is arguably a perfect match because the the drama, the height, the the there was that point when I was watching it live. I did actually think that Sean could end the streak. I I always had this sort of feeling in the back of my head of he can do it. He he can be the one that beats Taker. And with the entrances of Taker obviously rising up and Sean coming down from the heavens in all white, the the attires being white versus black, everything on this this match just was so so good and worked so so well. It, it is easily, as I said, a perfect match. And if it wasn't for my number one pick, would be my favorite match at Mania. Bob, what is your number two? Well, it's not that match. I just want to point out that I have a huge, huge disconnect uh, with wrestling, probably post-WrestleMania 22. Like, everything for me is just... I don't even know why I'm a wrestling fan anymore at this point, but I'm just so disconnected from it. Uh, Number two for me is Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, WrestleMania 10 ladder match. It was just so different compared to really anything else you would see on pay-per-view for the time. kind of it's revolutionary, I guess. I mean, I, I know it's technically Bret Hart's a match, and he's probably going to block me on any social media for saying that it's a great match that he wasn't in. It's his creation. Sorry, Brett. Um, it's also a match that my mother appreciates only because she got to see Shawn Michaels' bare, uh, bare ass. Uh, it's the only match that she's ever watched. Shawn Michaels is still her favorite wrestler. Uh, just for that alone, she literally just walked out as soon as he pulled his pants up. Um but yeah, no, I thought uh, 
for what 18 minutes or so. Uh, it's just great, a great display of reckless abandonness that was pretty mild, really. And when you compare it to what's going on now, uh, pretty mild. Uh, again, star making performances. I think I'm gonna, I'll say Razor Moan too. I, I'm not one of those guys that say that Shawn Michaels rustled a ladder or whatever. Uh, pretty big moment for Ramon. I think this is the beginning for Shawn Michaels where he's going to be Mr. WrestleMania. And uh, that's the type of stuff that I, I don't forget. And uh, I always kind of go with the first moment is being uh, the most memorable for me. So Eric's top five are in fifth place, Owen Hart and Yokozuna versus the Smoking Guns from WrestleMania 11. <laughs> What's the fuck? I know he has a special thing for WrestleMania 11. He's do him and Rory are doing a whole watch along of WrestleMania 11 as one of the Patreon specials for this month. Is he just going to list the entire WrestleMania 11 card? He doesn't. It's the <laughs> only match from WrestleMania 11 that's in his top five matches. But okay. I, I feel we need to listen along to that nervous show just to see how he gets to that point where he loves this show so much. Uh, in fourth place is Hogan Warrior from six. In third is Flair and Savage from eight. In second is Brett and Austin from 13. And number one is Brett Owen at WrestleMania 10. Dan, what is your favorite match of all of the WrestleManias? 34 Banias. However, the many matches there are. My favorite is pretty niche. I don't think it gets talked about at all as in the top bracket, but my favorite is Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 19. Wonderful choice, sir. This is it's again purely personal. These two guys were in my Mount Rushmore of favorite wrestlers. Um at this point, I was in all in on the Shawn Michaels return. Um from injury i never really saw him at his pomp and seeing him again kind of made me realize why vince mcmahon had such a hard on for him in the 90s so i loved watching these two wrestle and it's perfect there's nothing that these two guys were front there and had a perfect kind of wrestling main event style match and it was i think it's better than all of their 2008 stuff which is held as this great feud, but to be the matches aren't anywhere close to what this was as a wrestling match between the the master and the not even the apprentice, but just the number two guy behind him all the time. And at this point, they both ascended to being legendary at this point. Um, it's just amazing. I love that match so much um, between two of my favorite wrestlers ever. And I have to just sort of chuck it on this one. I love how it finishes with Jericho helping him up, thinking that, you know, he's going to shake hands and hug with, with his boyhood hero just to kick him in the nuts. <laughs> ultimate heel, ultimate bad guy Jericho at the time. Bob, of all of the manias, which is your favorite match? Owen Hart against Skinner. Oh, okay, no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that w I'm sorry, I got confused. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ultimate Warrior taking on Randy Macho Man Savage at WrestleMania 7. Career versus career. I'm not going to lie. I may have a beard, and I may be turning 30, but God damn it if I don't get emotional every time I watch that match. 
Randy Savage is my favorite wrestler uh, ever. And to have him start off with Sherry and then within 20 minutes ditch her for a smoking hot Elizabeth. Uh, everything coming full circle, the story involved and just everything about it uh, for me was uh, was fabulous. I actually had to dump a girlfriend because I had her watch it and she didn't get it. So I had to dump her for it. Uh, I have no regrets. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, if, if you can't appreciate Warrior Savage, you're just simply not going to appreciate me. So uh, that is by far my favorite WrestleMania match. A wonderful choice. My favorite WrestleMania match has been mentioned by most people so far, but it is because it is arguably the first five-star classic that was ever in the WWF between two of the greatest, one of which should be in the Hall of Fame, but won't because of, obviously, you know, family reasons. Brett versus Owen, WrestleMania 10, brother versus brother. A absolute wrestling clinic for 15 minutes. This was the moment that Owen Hart was allowed to shine and allowed to show just how fucking good he is, that he was on the level or, you know, maybe better than Brett. It brought out the one thing that kept 94 even sort of partially watchable with him and Brett and Owen's feud for the summer. It has... It is just the perfect wrestling match. It is counters. It is it is the antithesis uh, antithesis of great in ring wrestling. There's very few high spots. It's there's no sort of you know flashy stuff to it. It is just two guys that wrestle rings around each other and just work so bloody well. And as you were saying earlier, Dan, when Owen comes out at the end, Brett's lifted a pull-off on every, all the good guy's shoulders, and he's just there standing in the aisleway with a look on his face of, I will beat you, brother, and I will take that belt from you because I'm better than you. It, was, it, it just added that little bit more to what was a great match. On what's actually not a good WrestleMania, WrestleMania 10, but fuck me, it has the best match, or my at least my favourite match. So it just leaves me to thank both of you uh, to, for coming on and reliving your favourite Mania moments with us. Bob, where can people find you and all your other wonderful outweighs of uh, joy and wonder and stalkerism. Well, I'm glad to know that $20 is clear to your PayPal for you to say that. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter. Yo, Bobby boy, 89. I uh, tweet about, I don't know stuff. And I do potentially have a, uh, a Mickey James situation here. I don't know what's going on. I'm kind of alarmed. Uh, and then uh, Icopod is my podcast with Austin Skinner where we've uh, deep dive into each raw starting in 93, our uh, journey through that. And then you can read uh, uh, reviews, articles, magazine uh, reviews as well 
I have about 950 of those and I got to get to work on, but uh, wrestlingrecaps.com. You can check me out there and hopefully you guys enjoy the material. And Daniel, what would you like to share with the group? If you're on the mobile, if you're listening to this on Spotify, if you're listening to this on your Android feeds or iTunes, keep scrolling. Well, I'm on there. Chris Lacey's on there. Roy McNamara's on there. You listen to our stuff because then you know how good this stuff is. Ragey, Give us some five stars. Go on. You know you want to. Yeah, you might as well just rewind this episode and listen to it again. Well, why, why wouldn't you? It's probably yeah. going to be much better than the pre-show of WrestleMania. Right. And if you listen to this eight times, it would probably equate to eight hours. Exactly. So there you go. So it just leaves me to say thank you to both of you for joining me. And I'm going to leave you today with my favorite WrestleMania theme, as I mentioned earlier. We'll be closing today's show with Limp Biscuit's Crack Addict. And until next time, goodbye.